0: Hey everybody, welcome to another Sermon Extra. Uh, This is looking at the week of, well, it's July 29th today, and the message from Titus this past Sunday, we looked at living a life in between grace and glory, how the Christian life as the good life ordered by God looks back to the grace of Christ and his first coming that delivers us from sin to free us to live a good life but also looks forward to the glorious second appearing of Christ, of Christ in which um, we'll find the fulfillment finally of all our hopes and dreams in um, being like Christ and being with Christ. And how that orients us now towards a life of goodness, uh, which is a life walking with Christ and a life more and more conformed to the image of Christ. And um, not too much to cover today, I just wanted to zo- zoom in on just a practical application to daily life. And so we looked at the middle section where uh, we're told in uh, Titus 2 that the grace of God has appeared and that it is training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly desires and to live live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. And so we really said the emphasis of this is how we should live, that the three things we're called to live in is we're to live self-controlled, upright, and godly, which are a summary of the Christian's three primary relationships, those three dimensions of the relational life. Self-control, referring to our relationship to ourself and our sin. Uprightness, referring to our relationships with others. Remember, it could be justice or righteousness, that is, doing right, Doing uh, what is right to others, treating them the way they deserve to be treated as image bearers of God, treating them how we would want them to treat us, and then godly, um, a life marked by just awareness of God and living as a worshiper of God all the day and that really it's a life of right relationships that's that defines the good life of the christian to be at peace with your own conscience a right relationship to yourself and your fleshly desires a right relationship to others that you actually um, work justice in this world and live righteously known as one who does what is right who helps others and shows love in all things and to live godly piously religiously I'm um, a fervent worshiper of the Lord, someone who has a God awareness in all things. And so I just wanted to talk through with these three things, um, a way to kind of work on and implement this in our daily lives. And so I've actually just been trying this over the past few days after looking at this and found it really helpful. And so I thought I'd share it. And it is um, just the idea of morning reflection and using these three terms as a tool for prayer. And so What I would encourage you that I've been finding helpful is just in the morning, as I'm coming to a time of prayer, you know, often it's hard for us to kind of think of what to pray for, or we pray the same things over again and um, can kind of get lost in the shuffle. But to just think of these three categories for the day coming up and to pray into each of them. And so starting with self-control, just looking forward to the day and, you know, praying, Lord, help me to be self-controlled in these specific areas that I'm working on. Help me to be self-controlled in my appetites, in my lusts, in my temper. Um, Whatever is a particular vice for you. And it doesn't just have to be a matter of self-control, but what are the sins you're fighting and What are the things that kind of come up every day that um, are sins you're fighting against? And to pray into that, that the Lord would grant you self-control today, grant you the ability to put sin to death. And to, I think just starting in the morning with a focus on knowing that there's a battle coming in the day and you are going to face temptations, being prepared in prayer to pray for strength in those, to look to God in those, I think can be a great help. And secondly, praying into uprightness. And with this one, I've just been kind of um, mentally going through my day from first to end and thinking, who are the people I'm going to see today? Who am I going to be interacting with? And then praying into each of those relational interactions specifically, um, praying, Lord, as I see perhaps these co-workers this morning, help me um, to love them and serve them well, to look to their interests before my own. as I see this person this afternoon, or for lunch, or as I come home and see my family this evening, help me to um, be a selfless servant, help me to encourage them spiritually. And just mentally walking through the day and being prepared um, just to ahead of time resolve yourself that you wanna be loving in your relationships, you wanna treat people rightly, Being aware of those people that might be more prone to annoy you or frustrate you, and to come to the day with a prayerful heart, ready um, to live uprightly and to treat others um, with justice. And then, thirdly, godliness. And this is one, too, to be praying in the morning to say, God, help me to have a mindset on you today. Help me to not forget about you from this moment on and just live the rest of the day uh, minding my own thoughts. And I want to zoom in on this a bit because I think this is a super important concept. And it's a concept, um, this text calls it godliness, um, which we more associate with like kindly old prayerful person. But I think a better term, at least for me, that helps me grasp this concept is the idea of spiritual mindedness. That I want to have a mind that. Um, a heart that's inclined towards heaven throughout the day. I want to be a person whose thoughts very quickly fly to the Lord when I have a downtime, as I'm taking a walk from the office to the water cooler, that just I think about God. And I we want to be people who just think about God, where God fills our thoughts, and just thoughts of spiritual things naturally arise in our hearts. Because this is unnatural to us, and it's something that we very much need to grow in and I remember a few years ago I was really struck and just in a season deeply meditating on um, the truth in Romans 8 6 which says that to be carnally minded or to be earthly minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace and to just think I want to walk in the way of life I want to choose life I want to walk in the way of peace and so I need to be ready not to be only minding the things of the flesh, the things of this carnal world, but to be minding the things of the Lord, to be mindful of the Lord. Uh, The world likes to talk about mindfulness these days, but to pause throughout our day and to just reflect on the Lord. I think it can be really helpful uh, for, for me in about the mid-afternoon at about 2 o'clock. I really find that's where I need um, to just stop and reflect on spiritual things in order to reorient myself for the rest of the day. That's kind of for me the halfway point from the first half of the day to the second half. And I, I don't often do always do it, but I find I really need that for myself, an, an intentional midday reorientation to the things of God in order to try to help keep up a spiritual frame. Spiritual mindedness. I think this is actually really the heart of the Old Testament concept, um, which isn't, um, it's primarily in the Old Testament. It's not limited to it. But the idea of the fear of God. We often wonder what it is to fear God. A lot of people say, oh, it's to reverence God, or to have like a healthy childlike fear. And yes, that's part of it. But, This concept really encompasses um, the heart of a spiritually minded person. And um, the uh, Reformation Heritage Study Bible gave this definition of the fear of God, which for me has just, I find it excellent and very helpful. And they say this, to fear God is to factor him into every thought and situation to live in the reality of God. That's the heart of spiritual-mindedness, the heart of fearing God, is to factor God into every thought and situation. I don't make any decision without reference to God's will, without reference to God's reality. Um, That in my situations, I recognize that God is real. It says to live in the reality of God. If I really recognized the imminence and reality of the God of the universe, Christ with me at all moments, how would that affect my decision making? Um, We would all, you know, probably affect our behavior if, say, your boss or your spouse was always watching over your shoulder. But to recognize and really live that God is always with me, watching me, um, how would that affect our lives? We want to be a God-filled people, a godly people, a pious people. Um, Not not in the bad sense of the term, but in the best sense of the term. People whose just hearts are inflamed with love for God, with a flame that doesn't die, though it may flicker and grow. And so just I commend that to you in the mornings, just thinking through your day ahead, thinking, where am I going to need to seek the Lord for self-control today? Where am I going to be interacting with people and relationships that I could be praying into ahead of time? And how will I um, seek to maintain a spiritual mind today, to live godly? And the last thing I want to say about that is just, um, and this can apply to a lot of things, but just as we seek to grow in our lives, whether we want to grow in fighting sin and to be more self-controlled, whether we want to grow in our relationships, grow in um, love and kindness to our spouse, or grow in um, maintaining a spiritual walk, maintaining a prayer life and life in the word, and a walk with the spirit, um, it's the importance of what we can call a feedback loop. Um, a lot of people just psychologically will say that people who practice um, good, a proper feedback loop generally succeed more. And here's what I mean by this. is um, In the Bible, we might call this self-examination. There's a biblical call to us to consistently be examining ourselves. And what this means is that if you want to grow in something, you need to analyze it and tweak it. If you're wanting to improve at your sport, if you want to improve your golf swing, you don't just keep doing it hoping to get better. No, you have to break it down into its parts to say, where am I going off? Where am I twisting too much? Or where's my angle wrong? And you need to keep breaking it down and reanalyzing it so that you can do it better. And that's what we need to do with all these areas of our lives. If we want to grow, we need to be constantly analyzing how we're doing and seeking to find ways to do it better that better fit our lives. Because we're all such unique individual beings, we need to do things um, in different ways and figure out what works best for us. And so just uh, by way of example, not to hold myself up, but just some ways that I would maybe try to practice this or I have over the years that... So let's just say something as simple as trying to get morning devotions going, something a lot of us struggle with getting consistently. Um, You want to figure out the way and method of it that works best for you. So for instance, even just the simple idea of, do I um, stay more focused or seem to enjoy the Lord more when I pray, have a time of prayer first and then a time looking into God's word? Or if I look into God's word first and then have a time of prayer? You can have a different experience and just maybe your energy levels or just the way your mind works might do better with one or the other. So you want to test that out. Try different things. Um, With even things like reading the scripture, you want to find a plan and system that works for you. Maybe um, you're someone who works really well with like a scheduled system, like a Bible in a year plan. Or maybe you realize, man, that's just like, Um, spiritually deadening to me. I feel like I actually can't focus on the scriptures. And maybe you are someone that does best being able to go much more slowly through the word and really think on it. And that brings you spiritual life. Um, For myself, I find that I really like to do one book at a time from the Old Testament and New Testament and jump around genres. I I get um, kind of bogged down if I just read straight through, say, Genesis to Deuteronomy, or straight through Matthew to to John. I like to change my genres. So, you know, read a gospel, read some epistles, then back to a gospel, read some epistles. Or I don't want to go straight through the prophets. I find I get uh, bogged down. So maybe I read a Pentateuch book, then a history book, then a wisdom book, then a prophetic book. For me, at least, I find that that helps, keeps me best engaged. Or even knowing things like How do I interact best with the Bible text? Um, Does highlighting it help me? I personally have found over the years that I like to use a pen because I like to underline and circle words and write notes in the margin. Um, Are you a journaler? Um, We want to try all these things to say, how can I do this best? With things like self-control, even things something like diet, you know? You might find, oh, if I eat at this time of day, it makes me really snacky at this time of day. Or I find that um, if I eat after this time of night, it's not healthy for me. Or if I have caffeine after this time of the day, I have struggle trouble sleeping. And um, we can get into a lot of just you know um, worldly psychology and philosophy here, um, which can be really helpful. But just I want to point out that principle of self-examination can apply to all these areas of life. And we want to be people who are constantly trying um, to improve, Um, not for the sake of self-improvement, but because for the sake of our progress and joy in faith, as Paul told the Philippians. And this takes intentionality, and it does take self-examination to be analyzing our behavior, tweaking it, changing it, seeking to live what the Puritans talked about as a methodical life, a life that's thoughtful. And I think too often we're just blown around by the winds and currents of life, and we aren't actually taking stock of, am I living life the way I want to live? Am I treating, are my relationships where I want them to be? Is my self-control where I want it to be? Is my walk with God where I want it to be? And if not, analyze where it's off and analyze how you can improve and I know not everyone's mind works the same way, but um, this is a call to self-examination, and it's the call to growth. Anything you want to grow in in life, if you want to learn a musical instrument, it takes thoughtfulness, practice, um, study, analysis, all these things. And so I just encourage you to an intentional and deliberate life. Um, I think that's what we're called to as Christians, to be people who are um, seeking to not just be the best we can be to get cred in the world's eyes, but to honor the Lord and to bring him glory in all things, um, to be as useful as possible um, to, to the Lord. And actually, I'm just reminded, I was listening to an interview with with um, a pastor's wife the other day, and she was talking about how just with um, health issues that she's had, she's found that she's had to give up um, things like caffeine and things like pastries. And she was saying how people were coming to her and saying, Man, isn't this such a sacrifice for you? Why would you sacrifice these things? And she was just saying, If I can be more useful in serving the church, in serving the Lord by giving these up, how is that any sacrifice to me if I find that this makes me more fit and useful to the Lord in his kingdom? And I just think what a wonderful attitude for us to have is that we want to serve the Lord and bring Jesus glory in our lives. And so we want to walk in a life of self-control in love towards others and love towards God. And it's worth thinking about. It's worth studying. It's worth reflecting and meditating on that we might really live this joy-filled, God-glorifying life Jesus calls us to live remembering the grace that has freed us from slavery to sin to enable us to live this life, to remember the end of it, uh, the glory of being with Jesus and like Jesus. And remember, we don't do this by willpower. Um, self-control is not a fruit of willpower. It's the fruit of the Spirit. And so as we seek to walk with the Spirit, to live in the fear of God and godliness all our days, um, we, we can make progress. Because God can do immeasurably and abundantly more than all we ask or think according to the power, that power of the Holy Spirit that works within us. So there's much cause for hope in our lives. Um, There is power through the Spirit, direction through the Word, and the encouragement of one another. And as we pursue these things, we want to do so in community, Um, being able to be open, to pray for each other, to have accountability with one another. We're not called to seek to pursue and walk these things alone, but we do it. Walking by the Spirit um, hand in hand with one another, encouraging one another to love and good deeds, spurring one another to good works. Um, Would would that the Lord help us in this and just help us be a people that enjoy life in these three relational dimensions. So that's all I have. Um, May you have a blessed week and walk with the Lord.